0: Sewage treatment plants, major trucking routes, food distribution centers, and highways like the Cross Bronx Expressway are all clustered together in the South Bronx. They've created an area with such poor air quality, it's been named Asthma Alley. Bronx elected officials and activists say that air quality in this district is one of the most pressing issues of the upcoming election. The South Bronx neighborhoods of Mott Haven and Melrose have some of the highest asthma rates in the country. They send kids sick with asthma to the hospital three times more often than in the rest of New York City. Welcome to Bronx Connections Election 2020 Local Lens. I'm Elliot Schiaparelli, reporter and anchor at WFUV, that's the NPR affiliate station based on the Rose Hill campus of Fordham University in the Bronx. This is the first in a five-part series covering issues in the 2020 presidential election that will affect the Bronx. It's a joint initiative between WFUV, BronxNet Television, and Norwood News. As Election Day 2020 approaches, the candidates are solidifying their positions on climate change. On one side, the GOP believes that environmental regulations need to be lifted to stimulate economic growth. On the left, the environment is one of the most pressing issues of the election, and the effects of climate change can be seen from coast to coast. Wildfires on one side, hurricanes on the other. Recently, the Democratic nominee for President, Joe Biden, gave a speech on climate change where he appealed to low-income communities like the Bronx, pointing out that in many cases, they're the most affected.
1: The unrelenting impact of climate change affects every single solitary one of us. But too often, the brunt falls disproportionately on communities of color, exacerbating the need for environmental justice.
2: By
0: contrast, the GOP party platform on the issue reads, climate change is far from this nation's most pressing national security issue. This is the triumph of extremism over common sense, and Congress must stop it. And on a recent visit to California, President Donald Trump said this.
2: Okay,
3: it'll start getting cooler. (laughs) You You just watch.
0: In response to the assertion that the California wildfires were caused by a rapidly warming climate. Ahead of Election Day 2020, Bronx activists and environmentalists are stressing the effect climate policy created by the winner of the election could have on their borough. In this episode, we'll hear from members of the Bronx Sunrise Movement. Sunrise is a national grassroots youth movement whose aim is to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process. The members of the Bronx chapter started their hub just three months ago. For them, the disproportionate effect climate change has on the Bronx is no accident. It's environmental racism.
4: It sounds like, like a, to me, it's like, oh, this theory, theoretical term, but it's like you can see it and you can, you can feel it. And, you know, you know, kids in the Bronx have, like, the highest rates of asthma, you know, I think, in the country. So it's, you know, these, these people who, you know, are, are not doing anything wrong, being, you know, tasked with the burden of dealing with, you know, asthma,
0: and, you know, which, and asthma and, like,
4: respiratory, respiratory diseases,
0: That's Anita Gita. She founded the Bronx Chapter of Sunrise along with Michael Villanova and Fiona Crisp. They're all students in the Bronx. Gita and Crisp are seniors at Fordham University and Hunter College, respectively. And Villanova is a graduate student at CUNY. Here's my interview with the founding members of Bronx Sunrise. Thank you guys for talking to me today for Bronx connections um, I'm here with Michael Villanova Anita Gita and Fiona crisp um, they're from the Sunrise Bronx movement hub so starting off I'm hoping you guys can tell me what is the sunrise movement
1: so the sunrise movement is a youth-led environmental group that works both at a policy and electoral level to enact better policies that will fight climate change um, We are a relatively new hub. Um, We just started under three months ago uh, uh, under a coordination between myself, Anita, and Fiona, uh, just trying to find a way that we can coordinate our efforts to fight environmental uh, pollution and problems in our backyard.
0: And you guys, it's all grassroots and student run, so tell me about yourselves and why you're interested in environmental policy and envir- and your environmental impact. Um, Anita do you want to go first?
4: Yeah, sure. so my name is Anita Judah. I'm a senior at Fordham studying environmental studies and you know as a resident like of the Bronx for these past four years it's it's kind of been a shame to like notice how much like trash is you know like in this like on Fordham Road or like near where I live. And also just like the pollution is like wild. Like I'm a van driver at Fordham and like, you know, driving up from like, from, from Fordham and then all the way to like Manhattan. I'm like, wow, like I can actually breathe while in Manhattan. Like, why is that a thing? Like that's awful. So, you know, being an environmental studies major and also just like actually paying attention to what's going on has kind of made me really excited to join Sunrise and hopefully try and, you know, help with like environmental degradation and limits the pollution that's just outrageous.
3: Hi, uh, I'm Fiona. I'm a senior at Hunter College and double majoring in environmental studies and urban studies. So I got interested in the environment. Um, a couple summers ago, I had an internship at the Westchester County Department of Labs and Research in an environmental bacteriology lab. So we were, we were doing water quality monitoring there. So I was testing like the beaches and the pools within the county and I was testing Hudson River water like near the sewage treatment plants to make sure that the um, they were living up to um, the state standards for water quality and I just realized how polluted our waters were and then later that year I did a research project on Fresh Kills landfill in Staten Island which was it closed in 2001 and that at that point it was the largest landfill in the world so it's insane and then uh, and then I had an internship at the Manhattan Borough President's Office, and I did some research on cruise ships and their contrib- um, their contribution to air, uh, air pollution. So I just thought the Sunrise Movement was a great way to address all of these issues.
1: Yeah, I'm Michael Villanova. I'm a CUNY student studying political theory. Um, my background is mostly in, like, academic work, but I've also done some organizing and some volunteer work on campaigns. Um, more specifically with um, like Community Voices Heard, which is a housing rights group in the lower Hudson Valley and New York City. So the way I came to environmental work was just sort of seeing the intersection between like economics and um, working class justice, and then also how the environment plays a huge role in the quality of life that um, working class and low income people have in New York City.
0: So, why specifically does the Bronx need a Sunrise Movement hub? What can you guys do here specifically?
3: Well, environmental racism is really prevalent right now because of COVID, um, which is you know a respiratory illness that disproportionately affects people with pre-existing respiratory illnesses like asthma, which is like really prevalent in the Bronx. Um, so, the Bronx is home to the Hunts Point Food Distribution Center, and it has. Numerous waste transfer stations and like warehouses and things like that. So there's lots of industrial traffic in the Bronx, like degrading the air quality. Um, The Bronx is also home to like highways, like the Cross Bronx Expressway, which like divide our neighborhoods and again degrade our air quality. And yeah, so it's just really important for those reasons.
0: Can you guys define and explain better the term environmental racism? Michael used it last time we talked, and I really want to. Um, define and explain it well for our listeners.
4: Environmental racism is, like, the, how uh, black and brown communities are kind of, like, faced with the burden of, uh, like, pollution, you know, waste, you know, it's, like, it sounds like, like, a, to me, it's, like, all oh, this theory, theoretical term, but it's, like, you can see it, and you can, you can feel it, and, you know, you know, kids in the Bronx have, like, the highest rates of asthma, you know, I think in the country, so it's, You know these these people who you know are are not doing anything wrong being you know tasked with the burden of dealing with you know asthma and you know which asthma and like respiratory respiratory diseases so yeah maybe someone else can better articulate it but for me it's like something you can really you know see and feel and it's yeah
3: yeah just foreign minority people just Disproportionately bear the burden of climate change and air pollution, and water pollution, all those awful things.
1: We're also going to see this like long term in the Bronx because like one of the reasons, I mean, the larger electoral and uh, organizational goal of Sunrise Movement is to stop climate change, and we know that uh, with rising sea levels in uh, in and around New York City that it's going to be the South Bronx um, within about, uh, if if sea levels rise about six feet, uh, the South Bronx and areas around like City Island like that, which are tend to be lower income people and also tend to be black and Latinx people, um, they're the ones that are gonna have to move. They're the ones that are going to have to be impacted by this. So um, anything environmental when it comes to terms with like intersectionality, when you view it through a gender, A race or economic lens, it just sort of solidifies. It puts in material terms, like Anita said, like it's not abstract. Like there's material things that are happening to these communities, and that have to disproportionately take on the burden of them.
0: And you guys only started at the end of June um, as a hub. Is that correct? how How
3: have you grown since then? Well, it started off as just the three of us, and now we have a leadership of about what nine or 10 people and a member list of like 20 maybe 30 people and going forward how do you want to keep expanding that
4: as i'm the head of like a recruitment and i really want to try and reach out to like college students in the bronx you know there's lehman college there's i think there's bronx community college i'd love to see you know more just college students and high school students really engaged with this because i i know that you know these people care about this you know environmental sustainability is a topic that's like really like uh, like a trend word and I think a lot of people are like oh like this is something that we should definitely you know be talking about more often so I think we just need to try and find these people who are interested and yeah definitely young people are definitely the way forward.
0: Are there things that um as people that live in the Bronx or go to school in the Bronx and like we're guests here are there things we can be doing to reduce the impact we have on the climate or is it something that needs to happen on a corporate level
1: i i think like the direction of our hub and and one of the things that uh we agreed on like when we started the hub and now our direction is that you know um reducing uh personal footprint uh sure if anyone has the means to do so we know sometimes that um money uh can be a prohibitor of doing that um And we know that, like, one of the common themes that is so prevalent in our society is that, like, every individual needs to take on the burden of environmental and climate action. But um, we think that it has to happen at this broader level. So, like, the issues of rising sea levels and air pollution can't just be stopped by one person switching over to an electric car or something. We need um, broader policy action, broader political action, which is why I think... Um, as scary as sometimes it is to join in like an organization that's political and put yourself out there, we really need young people to do it right now. We really need you to join an organization like Sunrise where it's collective action, where it's solidarity, where we work together towards electing politicians that are actually going to be in seats of power and represent our interests and our future's interests. So, uh It's the, it's the hard work of solidarity and communal organizing. That's, that's what I think has to be the um, strategy for environmental action.
0: Right. So with that, if somebody wanted to join your hub or take action with you, how could they contact you or become a member?
1: So, the best way is to reach us on Instagram or Twitter at Bronx Sunrise, at Bronx Sunrise. Uh, in our bio, you can find a link to sign up and become a member, and we'll add you to our email list and clue you into any of our future actions, which due to COVID will mostly be through Zoom actions and online actions, but they're still very important. They're getting results. Uh, and also, um, there's a link in our bio to if are a Bronx resident to join the Bronx swab and just help out around that civilian uh, initiative to review our waste management and pollution problems. So that'd be a great way to get involved with us.
0: And finally, I just want to ask if there is anything else you want to share with me about climate change specifically to the Bronx or about Sunrise? For
4: me, I think like this is, the time is now, you know, we we can't keep waiting um, because this is only going to get worse. So if if you have the means and you have the time, like, definitely, you know, join into collective action. This is the first summer that I've done, like, organizing, and it's scary, and I've, you know, we've made mistakes, but, like, that's okay. As long as 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 you're making an effort, like, it's fine. So, yeah, definitely don't be afraid to, you know, go out with your friends and do, like, a park cleanup. Or, you know, don't be afraid to join Bronx Sunrise or start a hub at your school or something. So, yeah.
0: That was Michael Villanova, Fiona Crisp, and Anita Gita from Bronx Sunrise. They're not the only group pushing for climate justice in the Bronx. Elizabeth Quaranta is the Executive Director of Friends of Mashaloo Parkland. Her group focuses on maintaining green space along the Mashaloo Parkway and more recently on educating residents about sustainability. Coranta says when she initiates a conversation about climate change, she starts first with the park space in the Bronx and how it's maintained. Then she moves on to tangible events like Storm Isaias, which ripped through this area in early August. Her group was actively involved in the storm cleanup. During her regular park outings, Quaranta also notices the amount of non-biodegradable waste there is scattered around. Everything from plastic cups and plastic bags to straws and styrofoam containers. If she wasn't there to pick those things up, Quaranta says they could end up in drains and be carried straight out to the ocean.
2: Plastic bags are made out of petroleum, and I don't care what website says, oh, uh, you know, this is how trash bags are made, and it's and it's eco-friendly. There's nothing eco-friendly about making petroleum bags.
0: That's Quaranta. She's frustrated because she has to use unsustainable plastic bags on her cleanups because the Department of Sanitation will only pick up trash that's packed in them. In my conversation with Quaranta, she went deeper into this issue and many others. <laughs> I wanna start by asking what the mission of Friends of Mashaloo Parkland
2: is. We started out with keeping the parkland green and clean, um, but as climate change is literally in our faces, um, that mission just continues to evolve. So we are not at a point right now where we, we want to create a new mission. We want that to, um, we, we want what we're going through, to tell us what our future m- mission is going to be, and the reason for that is because we came from a green clean background to now providing public education for better sustainability practices um, also community development um, so that you know we teach um, how to love your community and we instill uh, civic pride and duty. So, so from the five years ago, it's it's definitely um, um, you know changing, um, and so we are looking forward to to that. So that when we do sit down and say, hey, where are we going to go forward? Um, you know, it'll it'll give us something to think about based on what's happening now, um, especially with our environment, and then how we can participate. And do you have any like specific events coming up? Right now, we, we're under um, the CDC guidelines of not having uh, large gatherings. Um, so the information that we do provide is pretty much on a, um, on a weekend or weekday um, uh, ad lib way when we are outside. Uh, when, we're visit, when we are visibly outside on the, on, on Mashaloo Parkland, um, that's when we wear our hats that say Friends of Mashaloo, we wear our t-shirts so that people know um, when, the, when we're out there. We do a lot of solo volunteer, we encourage solo volunteering. And so what we wear actually opens up that conversation Many times I've been out there, um, some of the other members have been out there, and people have come up, keeping socially distant, but they have come up and they've asked questions. And then that provides us the opportunity to talk about everyday, you know, just like everyday life. And so when we begin having that everyday conversation, that's it's so easy because every day we should, be in, we should be incorporating some kind of sustainability practice. When you talk to people, how do you
0: say how climate change is and will affect the Bronx specifically? How do you bring it home?
2: We start with the amount of green space that we have. So we do have a lot of green space in this area of Bedford Park, um, even though Marshall Parkway is three miles um, you know, we do take care of the parkland from the four train Mashaloo Parkway station all the way down to Webster Avenue on both North and South side. That's how we start that conversation.
0: Um, and then where do you go?
2: When they tell us, well, why do you do what, you know, what we do? Then we talk to them about how our temperatures are rising, how the weather has affected um, our own immediate environment. Um, they get reminded of, of the storms that we go through. We just finished coming through storm Isis. Is it, was it, was it Isis? I think, think? it's Isaias. Yes. E, okay. So we, so you know how many trees we lost? Oh my God. We lost so, we lost quite a bit of trees. Um, and so again, if those winds wouldn't have been so severe, um, they might have lasted, you know. They 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 could have withstand those those winds. Um, when it rains, it really pours. If it's if it's rain, it's too much rain. If it's if there's heat, there's just there's just too much heat.
0: So, what kind of funding does the Bronx need on you know the city, state, and federal level to maintain this green space?
2: I can't be specific on. On the, on the state and fed, you know, that I can't be specific on, but I, what I do know is that funding, I think needs to be, um, moving forward, needs to be geared into public education and, and both on the children, both on youths and also on the adult side. Um, we can't keep doing, we, we can't keep allocating funding for picking up trash. Uh, I know we have a big trash initiative in the Bronx. It's called Meaningful Mondays, and the um, elected you know officials come out with their groups and they go into park areas. But that's just that's that's just like putting a bandaid on the on the situation. Um, wh- the funding needs to to go into not just public education, but more important into um, manufacturing initiatives for for alternative products. So the problem is not the litter. The, the, the problem is the is what litter is made from. So you know if we've had if we had products that would biodegrade and disintegrate within a matter of days or weeks, you know, even months, then it wouldn't have been so so bad, but the amount of what well, when we go through our trashes, what we see are these manufactured everyday um, styrophones, which should which by now really are illegal, but people are still using them because they buy them and use them as plates instead. So even though the businesses are not using them, the, the styrofoam uh, you know plates are still um on sale you you go to the store and you can buy them you can buy styrofoam cups they they shouldn't even be on the market and i mean even 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 the department of sanitation i'm you know as much as we we try to collaborate with our agencies why are we still using plastic bags so you know bring funding into the manufacturing and give them incentives for them to create alternative products one of the one of the issues that we had was that, um, you know, over at the keepers house, we're trying to bring in products that we use for cleaning that are sustainable, right? So we've been changing the toilet paper, and we've been changing, you know, uh, hand hand things, you know, hand hand paper, hand hand towels. I wanted to change the plastic bags plastic bags are made out of petroleum. And I don't care what website says, oh, uh, you know, this is how trash bags are made and it's, and it's eco-friendly. There's nothing eco-friendly about making petroleum bags. Um, so I, I inquired and I was told that the Department of Sanitation does not pick up unless it's in a black bag. And then I was told, because they have contracts, I guess, with people, with manufacturers and companies that sell, Black bags. There's a lot of money involved there. So now, you know, I can see where it's going to be a fight between the companies, the manufacturing companies that are still making these black bags because of the money that's involved. Um, so there has to be another way to, to encourage those manufacturers to stop making non environmental items. So
0: you're talking about you know policy here. Yeah. Um, are there specific um, climate policies that you look for in a candidate's platform when you go to the polls?
2: I would like to hear. I would like to to know about what the candidate is is thinking of doing for the community in terms of um, bettering the in, the environment, um, and not just physically. Like, what is their plan? With uh, bringing the importance of climate change into the community, um, how what funding can they provide um, under that umbrella so that so that small nonprofit groups like ourselves and even medium size um, can work with that funding and and then for us to to scale better the small communities that we have and then teach them or provide them the information that they need in order, you know, for them to, to, to lead a more sustainable lifestyle. And it's not just individually, um, but it's also on a communal level. <laughs>
0: Elizabeth Quaranta from Friends of Mashaloo Parkland. To these activists, climate change is one of the most pressing issues of the upcoming election. But how does the average voter feel? According to a Pew Research poll, 42% of registered voters said climate change was a very important issue to them when it comes to voting. But there were substantial differences between Trump and Biden supporters on the importance of most issues, and the widest gaps were on climate change by 57 percentage points. Organizations like Friends of Mashaloo, Parkland, and Sunrise will undoubtedly continue to lobby for more environmental protection no matter who wins the presidency November 3rd. Join us next week, where WFUV reporter Nora Thomas will discuss policing and criminal justice. Special thanks to Friends of Mashaloo Parkland and Sunrise for joining us. Thanks also to Sheila Maloney from Norwood News, Luis Roboletto and Michael Max and everyone else at BronxNet, and to George Bodarchy and Robin Shannon at WFUV. To read, watch, and listen to more from Bronx Connections, you can go to norwoodnews.org, wfuv.org, or Bronx funxnet.org.